Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Sheikh Muhammad Duar. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihuda amma ba'd. My dearly respected brothers and sisters, tonight, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, we continue with our short series regarding Quraysh and how they fought and opposed the da'wah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And in our previous lessons, we mentioned a number of strategies that Quraysh would use to try to distinguish or to try to turn off the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But without a doubt, this is something impossible because Allah azza wa jal always insists that His light remains even if the disbelievers hate it. In our last lesson, we mentioned that one of the strategies Quraysh would use was asking for impossible things. And even though they asked for things which were out of the ordinary, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He would give it to them. So that in the next life, they have no excuse. Like they asked the Prophet ﷺ to perform miracles, and he did. They asked for the moon to be split. And Allah split the moon for them, but they still disbelieved. And tonight we take another one of their strategies in trying to harm the da'wah of Rasulullah and that was by physically harming the Prophet This was one of their ways of trying to turn off the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Quraysh were that evil that they would physically harm Rasulullah and that came in a number of examples. For example, they tried to step on his neck when he was praying. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And they tried to throw dirt in his blessed face. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this was mentioned in the hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari. The hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. Where Abu Jahl, the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ and his arch enemy, Abu Jahl, he asked some of the people of Quraysh with him whether Muhammad ﷺ placed his face on the ground in their presence. So Abu Jahl, he knows that the Prophet ﷺ prays. So he's asking his friends from Quraysh, if they have witnessed the Prophet ﷺ putting his face on the ground, meaning in salah. So they said to him, yes. 
We've seen Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam put his face on the ground. So then Abu Jahl made an oath by his gods, Allah wal Uzza. He said, by Allah wal Uzza, and they're the two idols of Quraysh. He said, if I saw Muhammad do that, I will trample on his neck. This is Abu Jahl. He said, if I saw Muhammad put his face on the ground, I will step on his neck. Or I will throw dust in his face. So Abu Jahl, the hadith mentions, he came to the Prophet while the Prophet was in Salah. He wanted to prove that he will do this. So he came to the Prophet he saw him praying and he saw the Prophet in sujood. And he intended on stepping on the Prophet Sallallahu neck. And he came near the Prophet Sallallahu But when he approached, he turned back. He stopped. And the hadith says, he moved back and it was as though he was pushing something away from him. The people witnessed this. Abu Jahl stepped back and it was like something in front of him that he pushed away with his hands. So when he returned to his people, they said to him, what's the matter? What happened? You were going, you stopped, you moved back and it was like you were pushing something. So then Abu Jahl said, between me and him, meaning Muhammad he said there was a ditch of fire and terror and wings. He saw fire and he saw wings. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, By Allah, if he came any closer to me, the malaika were there and they would have torn him to pieces. The angels are there to protect Rasulullah And that's when Allah Azza wa Jal revealed the verses in the Quran, كَلَّا إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَيَطْغَى أَرْرَآهُ اسْتَغْنَى إِنَّ إِلَى رَبِّكَ الرُّجْعَى أَرَأَيْتَ الَّذِي يَنْهَى Here, Allah Azza wa Jal says, Have you seen the one who forbids عَبْدًا إِذَا صَلَّى have you seen the one who tries to forbid and prevent the servant when he prays? Meaning Muhammad praying. Have you seen, Allah says, the one who tries to stop Allah's servant from salah? Have you seen if that person was upon guidance or enjoins taqwa, righteousness? Then Allah says, أَرَأَيْتَ إِنْ كَذَّبَ وَتَوَلَّى Have you seen if he denies and turns away? This is all about Abu Jahl, about the incident. أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَرَى Does he not know that Allah sees him? كَلَّا لَإِنْ لَمْ يَنْتَهِ لَنَسْفَعًا بِالنَّاصِيَةِ 
if he does not stop, we will drag him by his forelock. Allah Azza wa Jal says, until the end of the verses. So these verses were revealed because of Abu Jahl and this incident. And that's one of the many examples where Quraysh would try to physically harm the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Another example is where they would try to choke Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this also came in the hadith in Bukhari, where Urwa ibn Zubair said, I asked Abdullah ibn Amr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. This companion was asked, what was the worst thing that the mushrikeen did to Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? So this companion, Abdullah ibn Amr, is being asked what? What is the worst thing that Quraysh ever did to Rasulullah? So Abdullah ibn Amr, he said, I saw with my eyes Uqba ibn Abi Mu'it, one of the chiefs of Quraysh, coming to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam while he was praying. This man Uqba, he came to Rasulullah as the Prophet was praying. He said, Uqba put his sheet, his garment, around the Prophet sallallahu neck and he squeezed it very tightly. Look what the Prophet sallallahu would go through. For what? For conveying la ilaha illallah. So that you and I can have this deen. This is what he would go through. He said he squeezed very tightly until Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu came and he pulled Uqba away from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Abu Bakr would say, do you want to kill a man just because he says my Lord is Allah? How can you kill a man for no reason except that he says, my Lord is Allah. And he brought you the signs. Now the Prophet ﷺ, Quraysh, they tried to kill him many times. And they will physically harm him to try to stop him from calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This physical harm also came in the example of throwing filthy things at the Prophet ﷺ. Like the intestines of animals. They would throw the intestines of animals on the blessed body of Rasulullah ﷺ. In the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar. While the Prophet ﷺ was in sujood, and this shows you how much of cowards Quraysh were. Most of their attacking was when Rasulullah was in sujood and in his prayer. They would struggle to face him face to face. 
while the Prophet ﷺ was in sujood, and some of the people of Quraysh were around him, again, who? Uqbah. The same man. Uqbah brought the intestines of a camel. And he put them over the back of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the hadith says, he did not raise his head. He stayed in sujood. He did not raise his head until his daughter Fatima radiallahu anha came and she removed the intestines off the back of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And she cursed the one who done that harm. She cursed Uqba. She said, may Allah curse you. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he then made dua. And we know the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu is mustajab. It is answered. And he said, O oh Allah, destroy the chiefs of Quraysh. This was his dua. Destroy the chiefs of Quraysh and he named them Abu Jahl, which is his uncle, Utba ibn Rabi'ah, Shayba ibn Rabi'ah, Umayya or Ubay ibn Khalaf. It was either one of them. Abdullah. The companion who narrated this hadith, <clears throat> he said, I saw with my eyes those people that he named all killed in the battle of Badr. They were all killed. He said, and I saw each one of their bodies get thrown into the well. Because... The mushrikeen that died in Badr, the sahaba, they didn't know what, to, what do we do with their bodies. The Prophet said, throw them in the world. So Abdullah is saying, each one of them, I saw their body get thrown into the world. He said, except for Umayyah, the last one of them. He said, his body parts were mutilated, but he was not thrown in the world. That's the dua of Rasulullah Anyone who tries to harm the Prophet this was his outcome. So the physical harm was one of the strategies of Quraysh in trying to stop the da'wah of the Prophet it was also from their strategy, they planned to actually imprison the Prophet ﷺ. They used to plot and plan as to how they can put the Prophet ﷺ in jail. To imprison him or to kill him or to at least, if they can't achieve that, they wanted to exile him out of Mecca. And Allah Azza wa Jal, he mentioned this in the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the verse, and remember, O Muhammad sallallahu 
when those who disbelieved plotted against you to either imprison you or kill you or evict you from Mecca. Allah reminds the Prophet ﷺ, remember when they tried to imprison you or kill you or exile you out of Mecca. Then Allah Azza wa Jal said, وَيَمْكُرُونَ وَيَمْكُرُ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ خَيْرُ الْمَاكِرِينَ They plot and plan and Allah plots and plans. And Allah is the greatest of planners. So they never succeeded. So these were some of the strategies used by Quraysh. And in these strategies, my dear brothers and sisters, these two strategies in particular, the physical harm, the threat of violence and whatever else, there are lessons for me and you as Muslims. Great lessons that we take from them. The first of those lessons is that this dunya is a place of test. The dunya is not a place of rest. It's a place of hard work. And it is a place where you will be tested. And through the tests, you prove yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person might be tested in his body, in his wealth, in his health, in his children. Allah could test you in different ways. And the person is tested according to his religion. What does that mean? A person is tested according to his religion means the closer you are to Allah, the harder your test will be in the dunya. How does that make sense? Yes. When Allah Azza wa Jal when Allah knows that you are a firm believer, Allah will allow you to taste somewhat of a difficult test. Because through that test, you earn Allah's pleasure when you remain steadfast. When you prove to Allah Azza wa Jal and you show Allah that, Ya Allah, no matter what test comes my way, I will always remain a sincere servant of yours. This is how you elevate your status with Allah, with the highest ranks of paradise. Allah doesn't test us for foolish reasons. Allah tests you so that you can get closer to Him. That's the reality. And it is true. The stronger you are in your religion, the stronger the test will be. What's the proof? The Prophet ﷺ was asked in the hadith where Mus'ab ibn Sa'ad narrated from his father that a man came to Rasulullah and he said, O Messenger of Allah, who from the people is tested most severely? A man asked Rasulullah. Who from the people has the hardest tests? So the Prophet ﷺ said, The Anbiya. It is the Prophets. 
then those nearest to them, those closest to the prophets, and then those nearest to them. The Prophet ﷺ then said, A man is tested according to his religion. A man is tested according to his religion. If he is firm in his religion, his tests become more severe. If he is firm, his tests become more severe. And if he is weak in his religion, he is tested according to the strength of his religion. Some people, Allah does not test them with difficulty because they have weak iman. That's the reality. So if you are a strong Muslim, but you're going through hard tests, you should thank Allah. This is an indication of strong, solid iman. He then said, and this is why we get tested here. A lot of people ask, why? Why do we get tested? The Prophet said, the abd, the servant, will continue to be tested until he is left walking on earth with no sins. The tests you go through, my brothers and sisters, are a cleansing of sins. If they bring you closer to Allah. So no matter what you go through in your life, no matter what, everyone is tested one way or another. Some people are tested in their health, some people in their wealth, some in their marriage, some in their children or whatever it is. But if these tests allow you to remain strong and bring you closer to Allah, then these tests are a blessing. They are a blessing in disguise because they cleanse you from your sins. Look what the Prophet ﷺ said. The servant of Allah continues to be tested until he walks on earth sinless. Subhanallah. What an amazing reward. And that is why the Muslim never loses hope in Allah, no matter what he goes through. Never loses hope in Allah. Everyone is tested. But what is most important, my brothers and sisters, is that your test and your calamity is not in your religion. That's the most important thing. Meaning, if you're tested in worldly matters, that's okay. But if Allah tests you with your religion, this is dangerous. Because your religion is the most valuable thing to you. You as a Muslim must be willing and accepting to lose anything and everything except your deen. So if you are tested in your wealth, you say alhamdulillah. If you're tested in your health, you say alhamdulillah. 
you're tested in your children, you say Alhamdulillah. But if you're tested in your religion where you start to lose your religion, this is the danger. And that's why Rasulullah, what did he used to say in his dua in the Qunut? Wala taj'al musibatana fi dinina. And do not make our calamities in our religion. Let the calamity be in anything else but not our deen. Because we have to preserve our religion and protect our religion and protect our iman. And we should never, never sacrifice that for anything. We sacrifice everything for our iman and our deen. This is what it means to be a mu'min. And that's what the Prophet ﷺ taught us. So who are the most tested people? The most beloved ones to Allah. So if you find your test being hard, say Alhamdulillah. Inshallah this is a sign of my closeness to Allah. Because no one was tested more than the Prophet and the Messengers. As you can see. Alhamdulillah. We have not experienced what Rasulullah experienced. Have you ever been praying and someone came to step on your neck? Have you ever been praying and someone choked you? Have you ever been praying and had intestines thrown on you? Wallahi, what the Prophet went through for us, for his ummah, this should be enough for us to be strong Muslims, to appreciate what Rasulullah done for us. The second lesson that we benefit from these examples is that the Prophet is the perfect example to mankind. And in particular, he is a perfect example to everyone who calls to Allah and follows that path of guidance. Because when you give da'wah, and da'wah is not limited to the shuyukh and the scholars. Every Muslim can give da'wah. When you take it upon yourself to give da'wah, you will be harmed and you will be attacked and you will be called names and laughed at, even if it's from your own family, just like the Prophet ﷺ. But it teaches that you must be patient, just like the Prophet ﷺ was patient. Because this path is the path of the Anbiya. When you call to Allah Azza wa Jal, you will experience what the Prophets and Messengers experienced. And how many times did Allah tell the Prophet ﷺ, be patient? Prophet ﷺ was a human. He had feelings. He would get hurt. And Allah would remind him, be patient. Like when Allah says, be patient, O Muhammad, just like Ulul Azm, meaning the other five or four great prophets and messengers were patient. Allah tells him, be patient like them. And look who they are. Nuh alayhi salam. How patient was Nuh? How much harm did Nuh face? He called to Allah for 950 years and his people rejected him. 
Only 80, over 80 people answered the call of Nuh. Out of 950 years of da'wah, Nuh was patient. Allah flooded the entire earth for Nuh alayhi salam. So he was patient with his people rejecting him. Ibrahim alayhi salam with his father and his people. He was patient. Musa alayhi salam, Allahu Akbar. What did Bani Israel put Musa through? Musa alayhi salam, he gave them da'wah. And he gave them da'wah, and he gave them da'wah, and he gave them da'wah, and they, some of them accepted. Then he said, hold on. I'm going to meet Allah Azza wa Jal to speak to Allah. He went for 40 days, he came back, he found them worshipping idols. Patience. Isa alayhi salam. And of course our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So the greatest lesson my dear brothers is if you face harm or rejection or anything of the sort because you are holding on to your deen don't ever lose motivation. If anything this should only motivate you even more. Alhamdulillah. I'm going through what the Anbiya went through. Insha'Allah, this is a sign that you're on their path. And as Muslims, our only and main concern is pleasing Allah. If the entire creation is displeased with you, it should not concern you. As long as what you are saying or doing is pleasing to Rabbil Alameen. And that was the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inshallah in our next lesson, it will be the last of this series. We'll continue with a couple of more points regarding how Quraysh fought the da'wah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahu a'lam. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.